Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Japan Holic Podcast, the one man podcast surrounded by topics all about Japan, anime, and games discussed by a certified Japan Holic. I am Errol Taylor Fry, and for this week's podcast episode, ladies and gentlemen, back with this month's edition of Gotta Do the Clap Weeb Reviews. All right. Last month was. Uh, sorry about you if I remember correctly. Could be wrong. This month is an anime. That I've already discussed a little bit about in my earlier podcast episodes. But the reason why I'm doing it again is because of the fact that I don't like that episode anymore. Because of the fact that I tried to speak about Eurocamp while inside a car. And you could only hear myself almost 20% of the time I was speaking. Because the truck that I was in was incredibly loud. Never record podcast episodes in your car. I thought that that was a unique idea at first when I started doing this podcast. Then I realized that that was not a... There's a reason why people don't do that anymore. So, this month's Weeb Reviews is going to be Eurocamp once again. This time though, if you... Well, I will repeat whatever I said during the... Uh, the other time, because more than likely, you've probably never seen that episode, and I recommend that you don't, because of the fact that it's, uh, it's an episode where I sit in my truck, and I'm driving, and speeds hit about like 60 miles per hour, so you can imagine that uh, it's quite loud. The engine is, at least. I'm not. <laughs> but, for this one, I'm going to be talking about Eurocap again. In a studio, so it's all quiet. Well, except for me. I'm not going to be quiet about this one. <laughs> I will talk about spoilers and stuff like that. So, um, like usual, whenever I go into these spoiler things or whatever, I will hit at it with a little, uh, a little bit of some rock and roll, I guess. Rock and roll music uh, transition. Um, but before that, I just want to talk briefly about laid-back camps like background and stuff like that for those who have probably never seen the series. Uh, and I do recommend watching this. This is one of the very few animes that I will show to anybody. I mean anybody. I don't care what they like. I'll be all like, oh yeah, you like you probably like your your battle shows and stuff like that, like My Hero Academia and One Punch Man. But uh, if you heard a little bit of something of Eurocamp, you know, this one? Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta watch this one. You don't even have to be, you know, an avid slice of life watcher. And I will still recommend this show to you. I don't care how old this show will be. Um, When this show is even like 20 years old, and people are still looking for shows to watch, they'll be all like, yeah, 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 you should watch uh, Eurocamp. It may be a little old for you, but uh, watch it. You'll love it. Trust me. <laughs> For those who do not know what this series is all about, um, briefly talking about it real quick, this is basically a uh, slow burner, slice of life uh, show all about camping, basically. That's pretty much, I pretty much told you the the entire story just right there. It's just camping, okay? Nothing major. Um, and I'll go over reasons as to why I think that you know, why I think that that's really good for this series. <laughs> um, 
And I'll talk more about uh, the story and stuff like that, of course, and the spoilers. Because even though it is all about camping, there is some stuff that, uh, there is some, like, developments and stuff like that that uh, I don't want to spoil for the for the people that have not watched this series yet. So, continuing on here real quick. This manga was uh, first published back in 2015, actually, July 2015. It has about 10 volumes. I think it has 9 volumes. It has 9 volumes right now currently available to be purchased in English. Uh, but I think the 10th volume is still being worked on. Um, again, I forgot to turn my phone on silent. For a series, an anime series, to be all about camping. To have 10 manga volumes. Okay, 9 of them which are currently translated completely in English. But you still get the point. 10 manga volumes. I don't know what that says, but, like, that's really f amazing, okay? Because most series you see, like, even if they have a really in-depth story, uh, most times they only go for, like, 10 volumes max, they're done, that's it, okay? And then maybe a spinoff if the author thinks that it needs to have it, uh, has a sequel or whatever. But this series here, which I'll tell more about the story later, tell more about the story later, but, like... For it to have only 10 volumes so far, and it doesn't look like it'll stop, I don't think. It's kind of incredible. I, I have to say, incredible. Um, It was uh the, the publisher, not the publisher, excuse me. The mangaka uh, is uh, this person named Afro, which I have no idea who this person looks like or who this person is. But they, okay, I'll say this right now. If... You ever look at uh, artwork from this series? Dude, it's the best artwork I've ever seen. But I'll get more into that in the spoiler section as well. Because I'll, I want to talk more about the, the manga a little while later. Um, It got an anime adaptation. Oh, it, got, it has two, technically. There's a second season coming along here in just a couple months. But its first uh, anime season was released back in winter 2018. And it had uh, 12 episodes, plus it came out with three OVA episodes as well. Um, there was also a short series of it, uh, of this series, not too long ago, called Heia Camp, um, which uh, that source material was at the end of, uh, end of every volume, um, or at least for the most part. They would have uh, little shorts and stuff like that of the... Um, outdoors, uh, outdoor entertainment clubs, uh, stuff and stuff like that. That was adapted, um, in winter 2020. And now season two for the anime adaptations coming out in 2021 of winter. But that's not all. That's not all. In fact, this series has also have, uh, a live action, uh, adaptation. It was broadcasted. Uh, it was broadcasted in TV Tokyo, TV Osaka, BS TV Tokyo, and TV Aichi. Uh, it was licensed by uh, Amazon Prime, and this was uh, this was a twelve episode series that ran from uh, winter as well. It also has a season two coming along here in the spring. If you didn't know that already, uh, but yes, there is a uh, second season for the live action drama uh, heading out in next couple of months. Um, I will talk more about seiyus and stuff like that in the, um, in the, the spoiler thing, which I want to get into real quick because I'm 10 minutes, almost 10 minutes into this recording. 
Might as well get into what I think of the story and get what and uh, get into all this sort of stuff. So, without uh, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is the Weeb Reviews episode of Eurocamp. Spoilers ahead. If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on any social media, for that matter, actually, as my voice cracked while trying to speak that sentence, I apologize. If you were to see me not post anything about Eurocamp, then immediately contact somebody to try and find me because I may be either missing or dead. Because this series is my all-time favorite series. For the reasons I'll get into in today's episode of the podcast. This series right here has to be my top pick for an anime. And it's hard to beat this anime adaptation. It will be, okay? Nothing in my opinion will ever come close to what Eurocamp hit for me. Because this, uh, this hit differently, I'll say that. For re I'll talk about the reasons as to why it hit me differently. Um, I did mention that the series really doesn't have, like, a big story or, like, any, like, drama or whatever that goes through it. Well, that is partly a lie, and that is partly true. Because anybody who's actually seen this series, you know, all the people who are watching or listening to us right now who have probably watched it, hopefully, um, you understand that when I say that there is really no story going on here that that is not necessarily true actually because there is a story being told and it's not so much you know a major story that's what i'm trying to say because there are some storylines and developments and stuff like that that go on through this entire series and i would be dead ass wrong if i said that um that they aren't major at all i'd be dead ass wrong because while it is a slow burner slice of life wholesome show or whatever it needs to have some storylines and, you know, <laughs> you can't really have a series go on for, you know, an entire season of anime with another one being adapted and two drama shows and not ha and not have a storyline. There has to be a storyline for it. And there is. Uh, basically, the entire story is you have this girl named Shimadine who loves to go camping, runs into this little girl name Nadeshko uh on uh the first episode and ever since then uh Nadeshko and Shimadine and not only those two but then you got uh Chiaki Ogaki and then you got Aoi Aoi and then you got Ina you know you have all these characters that go camping as well you have these five characters I just listed off go camping by the end of the the series uh Shimadine's that kind of character who loves to really go camping by herself but You'll see her camping a lot of times with Nadeshko and the others um, as well. Uh, Saito Ina really doesn't. It is not officially... Uh, let me let me start this over. Shibidin and Saito Ina aren't officially in the outdoors uh, activity club or the outdoor entertainment club. However you want to call it because it's kind of the same thing. But the manga uh, labels, labels it OEC. But the Wikipedia page, the My Anime List page, and even the... Well, the anime adaptation kind of calls it the Camping Club or the Outdoors Club, like one or the two. But you get the point that I'm trying to say. Like, they're all the same thing, of course. It's not like it's a big difference. Um, But 
those two characters I just listed off still go with their uh, go with them and go camping and stuff like that near the end of the the season stuff like that. And you get to see more of uh, Ina throughout the throughout the second season, or at least what I've read of it, uh, because I. I would, <laughs> you would have to call me a fake fan <laughs> if I were to say like this would be my number one anime and not have all the volumes right next to me. I got all, I got all nine of them that I can get. I'm still waiting for the tenth one, of course, because I can only buy the first nine. But I did say that ten volumes were released. I do have to wait for the tenth volume to get translated. So there's that. What I love so much about this series is not just the. The, the very slow and very chill storytelling. Because while it is, like, the only real storytelling you're really going to get is, I mean, you do learn how to camp properly, which is a good thing. Um, I'm not a camper. I'm not a person who really goes outdoors and stuff like that yet. But let me tell you, this series has kind of changed that quite a bit. Because you do learn how to, you know, go camping properly and stuff like that. And you learn what you know, what to, what to do when you camp and stuff like that. And if you're camping with friends, what you could do, it just gives you ideas. Okay. Other than the story, what I love about this series the most is all of the characters. I don't think there's one character in this series that I hate, which is hard to do in any anime series ever. Sure, you may have an anime series where there's a lot of likable characters, but there's always that one character that really just brings down the mood or like you don't like or like it would be fine uh, if the, the character was gone. If the character was not written in any shape or way into the series, if they took it all, took that character out of the equation, the series would be perfect. That does not exist in this series whatsoever. You have your... You obviously... With, for the five characters I've listed off here. For the five main girls that I've listed off here. Um, they all have their unique quirks and stuff like that. In terms of their personality. I guess you'll say. Uh, for Shima Dean, She's that very low... She's like that very low... Uh, what What's the term I'm looking for? Laid back. She's that... La <laughs> pun intended, I guess. She's that very laid back person. She doesn't really have like a... I kind of want to guess a coup today, but like obviously without the dede at the end because that means... You know what... You know, if you know what dede means and stuff like that, like soon today and blah, 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 you know what I'm trying to say here. But she has that like the personality personality of a coup today and stuff like that where she doesn't really flash her emotions and stuff like that as much as uh, Nadishko. Obviously, if you know Nadishko from the series, you know that she she will flash her smile, flash her like excitementness and stuff like that at any moment and it's adorable. Flat out adorable, okay? Um and then you have Aoi who's kind of like kind of in a way like Shimadine and Nadishko basically combined. In I guess if you'll say a mixture of those two. Uh because while Aoi could be like a very very laid back person when she has the opportunity to like have fun and stuff like that she will obviously take it and um show off like a little bit kind of like what Nadishko does as well um and then you have uh Chiaki who is basically Nadishko but toned down a little bit more and it's also I, I mean like you have to really look at Chiaki a lot she's like one of she's kind of like Nadishko, like I said, but very like 
not toned down a lot. Okay, if you uh, were to look at Chiaki uh, and Nadesco like side by side and stuff like that, you would obviously tell that those two would be great friends together. Uh, then you have Saito, uh, who is uh, Shibidin's best friend and stuff like that. So she's obviously laid back as well. But as you've seen, uh, as people have seen in many different episodes, when uh, Ina and uh, Sh- uh, Shibidin have been next to each other. Uh, especially, I can't remember what episode it was, maybe episode two or three, uh, Ina will sometimes, like, pick on Shimadine and stuff like that, uh, like, in the time when she was, uh, when Shimadine was asleep in, uh, the library, and, uh, Ina was, uh, Ina was all messing with her hair and stuff like that, and made, um, the cactus or whatever, I think it was a cactus, cactus bun or something like that, that's, uh, what she, uh, she made, uh, Shimadine's bun into, if I remember correctly. Outside of the characters, it's not just the characters and their designs, but their seiyus help out a lot. So let's talk about seiyus for the five characters real quick, shall we? Because what drives me home with this series is the character Shimadine, who is played by my number one favorite seiyu in the anime industry, Nayo Toyama. If anybody has, if anybody is a big seiyu person or whatever, or likes to look up like what the seiyus have done and stuff like that, you would know that I am a massive Naotiyama fan because of her work and stuff like that. I do apologize if I speak uh, terrible Japanese and say the and say the Japanese name wrong because of course my Japanese is not the greatest. But my God, do I love Naotiyama uh, so much? Um, my personal fit, like, uh, she's played in so many shows that I've seen in the past. Okay. I'll give off a few examples of shows that I've seen. Um, she's played in Goblin Slayer. She played the Elven Goblin Slayer. She played the Russian girl from However You're the Dumbbells You Lift, Gina Boyd. I I love her. I love Gina Boyd so much in that series. Okay. Um, she played, uh, Ruka from Kadejo Akaidishibas. That's probably the most popular, um popular anime character I can think of right now. Um, let me see. Oh, she, uh, hold on. Give me a second. Oh yeah. She played, uh, Kirisaki Chito, uh, from, uh, Nisekoi. I think I said, <laughs> I watched Nisekoi. That was a really good show and stuff like that. She played, uh, Koga from, uh, the Bunny Girl Senpai movie, uh, Bunny Girl Senpai series and the movie as well, of course, but the movie's really amazing. I have to go, I have to go over that movie one of these days, the series in general. And she played Yui Yui Gahama from the Ortegayu series. Get the point that I'm trying to roll with here. This girl has played in so many good animes and stuff like that that I've seen that there's a reason why I love this girl. And she's my number one. Uh, Nadishko was played by a girl, Hanamori uh, Yumiri, who I've actually seen a few other shows. Well, like, she's a, she's played in... Shows I've seen before, obviously, but most times she's played um, uh, characters I haven't really seen a whole lot of or really supported characters and stuff like that. Um, however, one of them that stands out the most is uh, Hayasaka from the Kaguya-sama Love is War series. She's played that series. Um, so that's another So that's another character, uh, another save that I've seen and stuff like that. Um, then you have Aoi, who's played by uh, Toyosaki Aki, who I actually 
you who have per, you probably know who this girl is as of recently because of the fact that she's played in Kanesho Kaneshibus as uh, uh, who was it again? Hold on, give me a second. Was it uh, Mommy? Yeah, Mommy. Uh, and recently she released a rap uh, in that character, of course. But she's not also known for uh, Mommy from Kanesho Kaneshibus. She's also very known for playing Yui from K On. And, um, let me see what else, who else was there? Uh, Yun Yun from, uh, the Konosuba series. She also played, uh, Irori Nagase from the Kokoro Connect series, which I also did in, uh, a Weeb Reviews on not too long ago. Um, and I'm trying to think, there was probably one more that I, that I had on the top of my head here. I just have to scroll down and find it. I've listed off three. And, um, you can already tell that this series is loaded with seiyus and stuff like that and star power and stuff like that. And I'm only three done. And I wanted to talk about two more here. Uh, Chiaki was played by Hara Soyori, uh, who is known for playing, um, I think outside of Eurocamp. Um, I recognized her as Luna from, uh, Konosuba. But outside of that, that's, I think that's all I can, she's like literally the one that, uh, doesn't, that hasn't played too many other like anime roles and stuff like that. She's played a good amount. Yes, but still not like as much as like the other characters, but I think the most popular say to play, uh, anybody here out of the top five has to be the say for Saito Ina, who, who is, uh, Takahashi, uh, who everybody knows as Megamine from the Konosuba series. Good Lord. Uh, she put oh Sumi and uh, she, she played Sumi from Kanesho Kaishibas and Takachi from the uh, the skill teaser Takachi Sen series. This girl's played everything and especially Amelia. So it's not just just you know there's a couple more that I could list off, but you get the point that I'm trying to make here. That uh, this series has had this hat this is just a cast of characters, okay, and Seiyus and stuff like that. Absolutely like amazing cast of characters, okay. And then you also have, I want to talk about this, this set, this say real quick, because this one I believe is very underrated in the series. How about that narrator? All right. Osuka uh, Akio. All right. Plays the narrator and Shimonin's grandpa in this uh, series. And I, once again, I do apologize for screwing up the name just a little bit. Takes me a little bit. Uh, he's mostly known for playing all four one in the My Hero Academia series. This man has played in so many animes and stuff like that. It is almost impossible for me to list off a few of them. Like if you just look up his little thing on my uh, my anime list, you'll know that this this man has played so much. Not just like My Hero Academia or like One Piece and stuff like that. He, he you know he's a mixture of both. He's a mixture of both uh, shoujo and saying uh, things. The narrator is absolutely incredible. So characters aside and story aside, what else about this series makes me love this series way too much? Animation. Sea Station is not really known too well for their uh, high-end anime adaptations or whatever. Outside of Eurocap, they really haven't made anything else, okay? Um, they made some recaps for some Hayakus and stuff like that, but the only massive thing that they've made is this Eurocamp series. But that doesn't mean that they aren't good. These people over at Sea Station, I cannot thank them enough for the animation, okay? 
If you've seen anything from this series, from the anime or whatever, you know how absolutely beautiful it looks for a station that, or a, for, for a, a studio, excuse me, that really isn't that known. They come out of the park with this sort of stuff. The one thing that drives this home the most with animations is episode one when uh, they pan to Mount Fuji near the end of the near the end of the sh- uh, the episode. Just everything about this series in terms of animation just fits really well with its style and stuff like that. However, I'm not saying that it's all good is different from the manga to get into the manga just a little bit okay um for just a couple minutes let me talk about the manga's artwork the manga's artwork um when reading it is super different from the animation i'm not saying that it's completely a bad thing i'm just saying that like that just brings home like a what if what if we had an adaptation uh animation that looked a lot like the manga's artwork not saying it's a bad thing or, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, what, what C-Station doing their own thing is bad. No, 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 no. It just, you know, it would be unique to see it, all right? And I think some people have done this sort of stuff before. They've tried to, like, mimic the art style uh, of the manga into animation and stuff like that. And I've seen, I think I've seen something like that. Whatever C-Station changed in their animation or whatever compared to the manga. Not negative whatsoever. It's really good. Really good animation. Okay, very beautiful indeed as well. So, uh, like, if you've se- if you've read the manga, which most people tend to have, uh, I have especially. I mean, um, trying to read up on uh, the second season, stuff like that, which I think we'll do another four volumes. I'm trying to read up on that, which is very, 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 very easy because I really love this series. The animation. I'll end it off on the animation real quick here in just a second. Animation is top of the line for what C-Station could offer. Because if this were to have been like JC Staff or um, uh, <laughs> Koito Animations, I figure that this series would be a little bit better in animation, but you know what? It was excellent. Okay? Because if you actually, like I said before, if you watch the series, you'll understand what I mean by the animation. It looks beautiful. Okay, now they're there now in terms of like other animes that I've seen like Hattori Bochi, which I talked about last month. Uh, Hattori Bochi's animation compared to Eurocamp's animation, it's just a little bit better. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but or I'm not saying like that's like a massively bad thing. No, it's just I feel like, you know, uh, Hattori Bochi just had a little bit better animation than uh, than Eurocamp, but I'm not saying that's like a completely bad thing. I don't know how many times I could say that, driving my point home. So, let's talk another thing real quick. You can have great animation. You can have great characters and great storytelling and developments. That's four things. But we're still missing one thing. And for me, possibly the most important thing. Music. Let's talk music. From the opening theme to the ending theme... To the OSTs in between. Let's talk about music. Now, the music was done by Tateyama Akiyuki. Who is known for making uh, some other uh, musics as well. He's made the music to Shimonetta, uh, Sario Shoujo, uh, Nekopara, 
uh, Are You Lost or Are We Lost? I think that's what it was called. Just a couple other shows as well. Uh, that's not the only shows he's done as well. Uh, those are just a few that I've listed off of. So if you also love those shows I just listed off of, then uh, it's made by or the music is made by the same person that made your camp's music. The reason why I talk about music and uh, the person who makes the music and stuff like that is because the person who made that music who I just talked about. Okay. I'm just going to say this right now. Okay. I'm just going to say this right now before I talk about the, the music and stuff like that. I am a severe metalhead. Okay. Like I am full on metal in terms of my music when describing my music taste and stuff like that. I love me some Metallica, some Rhapsody of Fire, some Volbeat. Um, Slipknot, uh, but not just English. There's also Gaunerus, uh, so on and so forth when it comes to Japanese metal and Japanese rock, um, as well as, like, you know, English, English rock and metal, of course. But with this music, Tatayama, the OST is unbelievably amazing. God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, the opening theme is Shiny Days by Asaka. The most, like, I don't even think there could be a song that could get me more hyped for the, for, to watch an anime, like, ever. I'm like, when the, when I first heard uh, Shiny Days, like, the first time I watched this, this show, when I listened to Shiny Days, I was like, damn, I'm ready to see some girls go camping, let's go. I'm like, you know, head bobbing, I'm like, like, okay, this is, I'm speaking this as a metalhead. I love this song, okay? It's amazing. Super, like, hype. And then you go to the the OST in the middle, okay? Like, the background music and stuff like that. Absolutely perfect, okay? Um, My absolute favorite, and I believe a lot of people's favorite OST song to come out of this, in terms of, like, background music, is the song on... Uh, is the song... Solo camp recommendations. You know the one that goes. Uh, it has a little like uh, thing like near the uh, near the middle of the of the song. You know the thing that goes. It's uh, I don't know if you've heard of it or whatever. I think everybody's heard of it. The 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 very the very famous. Okay, I, I'll stop with that joke. I'll stop with that joke. Anyway, you get what I'm trying to say with that song. It's super amazing. And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, what makes it amazing? What makes it? What makes just a a song that's used as background? like perfect and stuff like that what makes it amazing what you know why like music in general why do you like music what why is music so important for anime for the big question uh, for music and anime and stuff like that i can get into in a different ep uh, episode i'll be sitting here for an hour talking about music because i'm a huge music fan just saying in case you couldn't tell the reason why i love the background music for Eurocamp or just the music in general for Eurocamp is because it fits perfectly with the mood that it's trying to set. That is a big issue in anime, okay? Where you can get the sort of like music and stuff like that that tries to insert itself as the mood setter. For most times it works, but for a lot of times it's like, you know, it's probably not necessary to have music at this part or not this kind of music at this part, if that makes sense. But with Eurocamp, the music always feels comfortable and the music is always laid back. The music fits with what the show is. Comfortable music that you could just turn on in the background. I could compare Eurocamp's OST to Made in Abyss OST, which is like another example of amazing music. Um, 
And of course, I haven't yet talked about the ending theme. Okay, the opening theme gets you all hyped up for the show, but the ending theme, which is a few you Biori really, really like, is one of those ending themes where after you just sat back and chilled out and stuff like that to storytelling and stuff like that, now you get to sit for another minute and a half and chill, but this time, not with the characters helping you chill, but music helping you chill out. This song is really incredible, all right, for you, Biori. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and of course, you know, this is just talking about Season 1's OST. I have yet to talk about, like, Season 2 OSTs, but I have yet to listen to those songs because of the fact that they aren't available yet worldwide. Some people will find them and put them online and stuff like that, but for now, I'd rather wait just a little while, just, you know, a little bit to listen to those songs and stuff like that. Alright, so I think I'm done talking about Eurocat for today. So with that, I think I'll let off my scores for this series because I like to talk about scores. If you look at my Annie list, which you can find um, in some of the descriptions of this podcast episode, maybe including this one, I'm not so sure. You may be able to figure out what my score is already for a lot of the animes that I want to talk about for, for those who don't have the time or the patience to do that. You could also find the score for this series in the first uh, episode of this podcast or the uh, other episode where I talked about this. Yeah, the score has not changed whatsoever. I still say that this po- that this series is a 10 out of 10 in every way, shape, and form. The animation, while it is, uh, you know, not entirely, you know, perfect, still give it a 10. Characters, give a 10. Music, definitely a 10. Uh, characters, oh, they'll, they'll be a 10, all right. I mean, Shima Deed makes up six of those points. Let me just say, Shima Deed, top of the line. Mm, 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 top of the line. And, yeah, everything is just a 10. Everything is a 10 out of 10. That's all I have to say. I think you can pretty much get with what I'm trying to say here with uh, Eurocape and stuff like that. So I think I'll, I'll try to wrap things up here quickly because I have been here longer than I probably should have <laughs> for an episode of the Japan Holic podcast. Um so I've basically touched on everything about the anime and obviously I can try to talk about the manga, but the manga is, you know, I can't really talk much about the manga and say anything new or whatever because everything that I would say about the manga is what I would say about the anime and stuff like that. And I don't want to get into any manga spoilers because I know a lot of people are anime only watchers. So I won't get into manga spoilers. That's another that's another reason why. Okay, there's a season two coming out. If you want to read up on season two, uh, the first volume to do that is I think volume five, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah. So if you want to start from like the brand new uh, the brand new season or whatever, and read up on the manga, then start on volume five and go from there. Should be able to fit up uh, another four volumes right there and get it uh, get your season two preview right then and there um not i don't i as what i've read so far nothing much in terms of like spectacular like dramatic story going on or whatever i mean i think the most dramatic thing uh <laughs> uh i've seen from your camp is where they were trying to take a trip to australia and they crash land on an island which they added to that i don't know i watched that i was like dude this just 
it was hilarious to watch, especially randomly in the in the episode. The pilot was an English pilot, and on their way to uh, Australia when they started crash landing, uh, the pilot just out of nowhere just lets out, "Oh shit!" No shit. <laughs> I. W- <laughs> And for anybody who has seen this series, I don't think anybody would ever expect to hear anybody just scream out, Oh, shit! In, in Eurocamp. But that's like the, the biggest like thing I've seen in Eurocamp so far. I will recommend the manga quite a bit, though, because of the artwork, okay? If I have to say anime versus manga, that's a hard, yeah, that's a hard thing. But if I were to sit, but if I were to add in one thing, if you turn on the OST for for Eurocamp, like because they have a Spotify playlist for this, uh, if you look it up, you could find the the tracks and stuff like that uh, for Eurocamp that were made by uh, Tatayama. You can turn that on in the background and read the manga. Oh, I would recommend that quite a lot because the manga is so amazing in terms of its artwork. It's like top of the line for what, you know, for what kind of demographic it's trying to go for. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of um, what episode it was, but like we talked about, me and Alex talked about how like most shoujo or seinen uh, stuff or whatever, uh, in terms of mangas, usually have like the same art style um, with a few uniqueness, unique techniques, what I'm trying to say, here and there. Uh, for Eurocamp, it's just top of the line on everything. Okay, I don't know what technique Afro used to do his to do uh to do Eurocamp and stuff like that, but I need to learn this technique because it is unbelievably amazing. Okay, if you actually look at the manga, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think that'll wrap up this uh episode of the Japanholic podcast. Um, next week will be top anime news of the month of November. Um, actually, I did forget to say this, uh, because I've been, I forgot about it till now. Um, more likely you're listening to this either after Thanksgiving, if you live in America or before Thanksgiving, if you are here in America. Um, but I'd just like to say for anybody living in America right now, happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully even with the pandemic going around. Uh, you're still able to enjoy Thanksgiving with your, your family and stuff like that. Uh, whether or not you actually did get together um, or, you know, celebrated Thanksgiving the typical way. Or if you did something to, if you did something on Thanksgiving, you know, still happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, hopefully the turkey was still good, even though it was probably, you know, probably could have tasted better without the pandemic around, but still. Uh, next week will be top anime news of the, the month of November, which there is quite a bit of news to talk about here. I know the month of December will be like chock full of, uh, of, uh, of news and stuff like that, because that'll be the end of fall 2020 and entering winter 2020, but we still got to go through November. So in that case, I'll wrap things up here. Thank you all so much for tuning into the Japanholic podcast. If you would like to send in anything like questions, comments, um stories to the podcast uh the email is japanholicpc at gmail.com uh if you also want to help out this podcast just the only thing i ask is that you share this podcast out with your fellow japanholics and have them listen to this episode of the japanholic podcast i recommend this episode quite a bit and with that ladies and gentlemen i will uh call it a day for today
I'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. But for now, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. I've been Taylor Fry, the Certified Japanolic, signing off. Good night, my campers. <laughs>